show i'm your host the tatted the fatted the one and only casey hughes and with me as always in the studio mr relentless himself at the lance hughes at the lance hughes all social platforms every last one of them you know this bill today we have somebody that i've known for the better part of 15 years mr josh trotter josh how you doing today the infamous josh trotter yeah welcome to the studio welcome thank you glad to have you here mr jeremy braswell and bishop black let's roll what you gonna do? What you gonna do when the spirit it's you? Hey, now what you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when the spirit it's you? Hey, now what you gonna do? Can I leave my family fortune and still take on no more care? Will the next bed that I take reveal it there? Could you lend your hand for me? Take all my wants and not my needs. I will lay my riches up on the other side. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when it's been in you? Hey, now what you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when it's been in you? And we're back. Back, 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 back again. What was that old that old car, that old commercial? Can't wait to get back, back, back to Jack, Jack, Jacks. I think Jacks. It, Jacks. Jacks. Yeah, it was Jacks. For more, more, more. For more, more, more. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. It's kind of like uh, my other favorite ones, Applebee's, even good in the neighborhood. Baby got back. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back. <laughs> this is that old Chili's thing. Lance, how's your week been? Week? Week uh, could be better. It could be better. Yeah, I could tell you what, my week is better than that armadillo that I smashed. Look, you've been having a lot of car-related issues this the last couple of months. Well, I'm not so good car. You know, it wasn't my car's fault that I got a... Well, it is your car's fault that you got a tent ticket. Okay, yeah. I don't think that's a, a fault of my car. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Armadillo? Well, Armadillo won my car zero. <laughs> I hit him going about 60, and... uh. He split my bumper wide open, so. That's never any fun. No, but I've cussed that armadillo every time that I passed him on the side of the road because I have to pass him every day. He's still there, <laughs> upside down with his tongue out. I actually got out of my car. <laughs> got out and kicked it off the side of the road. He, he's in the grass. He's in the grass now, yeah. so you don't have to see it. Yeah, well, I got out of the road looking for the pieces to my bumper, hoping that I could, you know, find it and kind of. Put the pieces to the puzzle back together. Oh, me. Well, lucky for you, you got a brother who's a jack of all trades. We're going to get it fixed up. Yeah, so we got all that stuff ordered. You know, we're going to we're gonna get it put back together. Be all right. Josh, what about you? How's your week? You know, speaking of armadillos, you know you've uh, made it in life and have nothing else to do when on Friday and Saturday nights you sit out on your back porch at midnight and or the 22 waiting for armadillos to come in your yard. But... <laughs> Anyway. Was that what your Friday night consisted of? Yeah, we do that a couple times a year. A couple times a year. <laughs> Just during armadillo season. My you know? Friday night consisted of segregating jelly beans on my coffee table. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, that's when you you realize that you've either hit an all-time low, new low, or a new high. But how many you know? did you eat during the segregation? Oh, we ate the whole, every, we took out all the reds, dark reds, <laughs> and the dark pinks, and they are gone. So you know? I'm, I'm going to go on record here. <clears throat> I'm going to go on record here. I am not a jelly bean fan. I'm not either, but I do like, I don't like gummy bears either, but I'll eat those red gummy bears and the clear ones. You know, that's what I like. Gummy bears will tear your stomach up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Have you heard, have you heard the, uh, all like the comments and stuff with the sugar free has, Hasbro ones or whatever they are. Sugar free gummy bears. Yes, dude. Why is that even a thing? It's like a laxative. Yeah. <laughs> Like it will tear you. Like up. those wild Bro, chips from the late nineties. Yep. Go to Amazon, 
look up the sugar-free gummy bears and just go straight to the the reviews. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. We might need to share that. We should have just gave him a bag while we're here today. Oh, hey. Hey, it's a bit Dora. I'm going to tell you, man. Shortest shortest podcast ever. For for a guy who has has a history of that, it probably would have happened. (laughs) Yeah. You know. So we're in here today, and Josh is with us, Mr. Trotter. That's what I say. I call you Trotter. And just call me Josh. I know know too many Joshes in the world. Joshua. uh, Joshua. 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 I'm just joshing you. I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> hey, me too. I'm twice divorced. I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> so Josh is with us today. Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, give us a little backstory, and then we can jump into your story. How about that? Well, What's your accolades? Well, hmm. first of all, my name's Joshua Trotter, and um, I am a... Uh, I'm an alcoholic? No. <laughs> Doesn't say what. There's like some kind of meeting in here. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, um, I, this is my first time on this podcast, and I, I'll be honest with you, I really thought this was going to be more like of a Howard Stern setting. I'm kind of... <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, the entertainment will be here later. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, now I'm Josh Trotter, and I um, live here in North Alabama. I'm a home inspector and um, father of two beautiful children and i have a beautiful wife we've been married a little over 21 years and uh moved up here to the hartzell area back in 98 um just living life man living life well that's the best way to do yeah l-i-v-i-n that's what we say all the time right? that's right <laughs> all right all right all right all right all right, all right. a podcast with him the other day dude great story if you hadn't heard that great story i'm telling uh, you his book green lots that's kind of what he was he was talking. It is amazing. So, what do you do for a living now, Josh? Um, I own and operate uh, Pro Home Inspection Services. Best home inspector there ever was or will be. Uh, like and I'm that. and I'm only saying that because I'm biased. I, I like to think so. <laughs> uh, there's there's some good guys out there. I, I know most of the home inspectors here in North Alabama, and um, yeah. There, there's some good guys out there, but I, I like to, I like to think I'm one of them. So yeah, you absolutely are. So I met you about 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, we had a, uh, an affiliation and I met you at the barbershop. Actually, I met you at church, but, uh, began, began a relationship with you through the barbershop. Right. So right. it's the best, best $8 haircut. How long did you give $8 haircut? Oh man, forever. So I, um, I'll tell you a little backstory on that. So back in the day, um, when I was 19 years old, I opened up a car lot in uh, Hartzell, and uh, I was there for about seven years, and uh, uh, one of my competitors came to me one day, wanted to buy me out, and my wife, she's been cutting hair since we graduated high school, and she had a um, little barbershop, beauty shop in Priceville, and um, made decent money and everything, and I came to her one day, and, and I said, look, I'm going to sell this, I'm going to sell the car lot to my competitor. And uh, she said, well, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, this is, you know, this is your job. What are you going to do? And, and I told her, I said, I don't know. I want to do something like easy, like you do. Well, <laughs> she started laughing and, and, and I was she, like, she didn't slap you. Yeah. She looked me square in the eyes and she was like, you wouldn't last a week in what I do. Well, I took it as a challenge and, um, ended up signing up out there at, uh, Calhoun for the barbering program and went through all of that and. Uh, ended up working at my wife's shop for a couple months and about two months into it, I was like, man, I can't handle this down here. I, I've got to do my own thing. So went down the road, bought a building, uh, became my wife's competitor. <laughs> and, uh, that's always fun. Uh, yeah. What was, are those dinners like? <laughs> yeah, really? It was great. But, um, you know, so I was there for, um, man, probably 15 years and, um, uh, about three or four years into it, uh, she lost the lease on her building and we owned the building that I was in. And so, uh, she came on down there and joined forces with me and it was good. It, it, the whole, I have no regrets on the barbershop. I have met so many good people and, and to this day have so many friends, uh, through the barbershop. And, um, I, I get text messages all the time, you know, Hey man, miss you. Anyway, you can meet me down there. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I just, there's just not enough hours in the day, but, uh, I think the last time you cut my hair, it was like six thirty in the morning. Yeah. It was crazy. It, that's been a while yeah. back, but 
Yeah. But uh, you said, yeah, if you want to catch me, I'll be there at six. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think it was me and Hugh Henson. Those, oh, those yeah. are the two guys. Sure that Hugh, what a good man. But um, uh, how I um, b- became the home inspector, though, was uh, I grew up, you know, my granddad, he was a pastor, but he also built a bunch of houses and, uh, and was always in the construction industry and everything. And I was always on job sites with him and, and remodeling houses and stuff. And um, I found out. Uh, about home inspection business. Well, I came home from the barbershop one day and just Googled it like, what what the heck's a home inspector? And I uh, uh, saw all the requirements for it and, and um, just started taking the online program and, and ended up passing the um, national exam and state exam and everything and uh, became a home inspector. And my wife's like, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, well, you know, on uh, Saturday afternoons and Mondays, I'm not at the barbershop. I'll just pick up home inspection make a little bit extra money and, and um, see where it goes. You know, we got a daughter that's not too far from going to college and we could probably use a little extra money. And um, so that's, that's how that started. And um, it was weird how it all, how it all worked out because I was doing a few, uh, a couple home inspections a week during the middle of the week, I was cutting hair and um, COVID hit. And uh, they shut all the barbershops down here in Alabama for like six or eight weeks. And so I just dove headfirst into home inspections. And uh, by the time they, uh, the state let everybody open the barbershops back up, man, I was so busy in home inspections. I was like, I had to make a choice. Right. And um, I, I, I told my wife, I was like, look, I know you're probably not going to like this. I said, but I, I think I'm done with the barbershop. And um, she just kind of laughed. She's like, yeah, I kind of figured that. But um so I've been doing this, you know, full time on a full time basis for, you know, a little over three years. And um, it is nonstop. I mean, yeah, it, it's amazing. Uh, just this morning, you know, I've, I've probably had four calls this morning and <laughs> I'm like, golly, and I, I'm booked solid every week. So um, I love it. It's I, a good problem to have. It, yeah. it, it's great. You, you know, um I've met some really nice people too in the home inspection business, you know, clients and realtors and stuff. And, um, I've had some pretty interesting stories about houses that I've seen and, and oh, I can imagine dude. items that I've seen and, and critters in the crawl spaces and stuff. And, uh, interesting fact. So, um, people say all the time, they're like, man, I couldn't be a home inspector cause there's like snakes in the crawl space. Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but, um, you're more apt to see a snake in an attic than you are a crawl space. I can see that. Yep. Yeah, because it's warmer up yeah, there. Yeah, there's there's snakes all in attics. Yeah. People have no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no desire to know. Oh man. So I think that's one thing that like I think there's a bunch of reasons why you and I hit it off so well early on. But two was that um, and this it's Lance is the same way. It's that it's that grind. Like you have a never ending grind. Yeah. You know. I mean, and that's uh, to me not that. Uh, not that not that I'm putting you on a pedestal or anything else, but anybody that's uh, re- related with any kind of success or greatness, that's what it comes from. You know, yeah. it comes from a, I know for me and you, um, it's a devout belief uh, through living, breathing God. But yeah. we mix that with a lot of hard work. My favorite thing to do is walking at the barbershop and go, where's Josh at? Is he out pretending to work today? Yeah, really. You know, because. <laughs> you know, though, it's funny that you should say that because. Um, I don't want to call it a sickness, but like when you have that bug, that um, entrepreneurial bug, um, it's in everything. Like I can go into restaurants, I can go into other businesses here in North Alabama and, and um, y- you know, I, I think, man, I, I could, I could do this so much better than them. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's horrible. No, and, no. And look, they, I would no. never, I would never tell a business owner that because right. they're doing good. They're, you know, hats off to them, but yeah. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I, we talk all the time. I'm like, man, you know what? We, if we had enough hours in the day, we could open this up here and it would just, yeah. oh my God, it would take off so good. Yeah. I look at walls and when I go in places, I go, you know, you could have spent another 60 seconds painting that wall. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been Definitely. done better. Definitely. So just, let's jump into, to, to how you got to where you're at or whatever you want to jump into. But I gathered that's, hmm. that's kind of where 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 you were going with that is the the what is the life of Joshua Trotter? <laughs> so I was born in Decatur, <laughs> I was born in Decatur, <laughs> Alabama. Um, 
lived here less than a year when I was born. Uh, my parents were pastors, and um, out of uh, 12 years of grade school, I went to 10 different schools. Um, it's crazy, man. I like 10, like 10, the number 10, like 10, 10 different schools. 10 Dude, different I thought schools. I was bad. Yeah. I man. thought you were bad, bro. 10 schools, two elementaries and three high schools, yeah. 10 different schools in multiple States. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, you know, everybody says, um, uh, it, it's gotta, it's gotta suck being the new kid. Like I was used to it. Cause like where I went, I was the new <laughs> yeah, kid. Like, you preach it to the choir there, dude. It, it will toughen you up, man. I'm telling you, if you're always the new kid, oh man, it'll toughen you up. But the good thing is I've met so many good people and, and know people all over, all over the place because of that. But, um, you know, my dad, he was a pastor, um, grew up in, Grew up in church from the time I was born, and um, I've seen I've seen a lot of good, and I've seen a lot of bad. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it'll it'll mess with you a little bit. The um, you know, I think what I'm trying to say is there's there's a difference between being a Christian and being religious. Oh yeah, for certain, dude. Yeah. And uh, I've seen both sides of that. Um, I think we all have. Yeah. I, I struggle, uh, especially when it comes to church, because, you know, growing up, and I know I know the um, the backstage of the ins and outs yeah, man. of all the church. And, and <laughs> yeah. Man, I can spot a fake from a mile away. I think those are everywhere, though. I mean, it's just they are. Yeah. I mean, it's I used to focus a whole lot on that, like that paint story I just told you. That was one of them. I walked into a church, dude. Yeah. And it was a pretty nice church. And they had all the lights and they had everything going. Yeah. And they had painted the stage black. And over on the right-hand side of the stage, like half of it was half-ass painted. <laughs> like you could see the paint lines in it. And so I, were, I say that, say this, that's the problems that I had as I would walk in and I would start just dissecting the church. Like I would find this, I would find this, I'd find this, I'd find this, and I'd find this. And I learned that it all stemmed from that stuff from being younger and being in the church and seeing yeah. all that. Yeah, because that's you know. not why you're going to church. You're not going to church for the color of the walls, right? Well, it ain't the color of the walls. It, for me, it was more about the, um, you know, if you're going to do a $25,000 renovation and spend the money on it, then you might as well do a $25,000 <laughs> renovation correctly. Yeah. But I had to get out of that. I'm, you know. So anyway. Man, that's, uh, oh, man, I can tell you story after story. But, you know, um I guess being the new kid all my life and, and moving here from here to there and everywhere, um, I guess I've struggled with, you know, just, just growing up, uh, moving from place to place. Uh, I've seen a lot of different things, a lot of, uh, a lot of things that made impressions. Yeah. A lot of good and bad impressions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you just learn over the year, over the course of the years, uh, what's real and what's not. Right. Um, so, and dude, I'm going to tell you, that is a hard thing to do, you know, cause I was the same way. Um, when I was younger, I had to constantly change. I had to be a chameleon. I had to make new friends and do this. And so you, you assume all these different roles, but when well, I found when I got older in life, when, when you start to get into those things that actually mean something as far as being a follower of Christ or being on a baseball team, either way, you're going to run into those people. And when you have to start computing that at a younger age, yeah. that gets difficult, dude. Yeah. And then you want to believe people, but you look at it and there's something inside pulling going, that ain't right, dude. That ain't right, dude. That ain't right. But you want it to be, or I did, I, you know, I almost wanted it to be right. Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, I guess it's like a, a growing process, but, um, just at, like, as a home inspector, I can, when, when somebody has flipped a house, you know, to resell, to make money, um, I can go in there and I can spot all of the the deficiencies and the, the shortcomings. Oh, you mean where they filled the crack in with yeah. caulk? Yeah. Like say, <laughs> where they have, it's not actually fixed. It's just got caulk running across the top of it. But you yeah. know, so they had Papaw come in and you know do the renovation for them. Oh, yeah. They had to pay him. Yep. Yeah. But it's you know it's the same way with uh, with people. Like I can spot man, I can spot a uh, a fake a mile away. Yeah. So um, I, I have to be. In in my my own personal life, I have to be real careful and not be um, judgmental 
That's what I say. Yeah. You don't want to judge a you know judge a book by its cover too yeah. quick. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, but there's certain times that you can't turn that discernment off. Right. That was that's been a struggle of mine. Dude. Oh no, we all just I just look at it and go, mm, no. <laughs> you know what though? <laughs> I, I like to tell people too. Like I can t- I can tell within the first thirty seconds if I'm gonna get along with you or not. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. I mean that and that's kind of judgmental in a sense too. You know, say what you want. Like you know, you're not giving them a chance. Well. Sometimes you just kind of oh, know. Oh, I gave you a chance. Yeah, sometimes you just kind of know, you know. I gave you a 30-second chance. Yeah. <laughs> I, gave, I gave you a 30-second interview. You didn't make the cut. <laughs> I'll tell you something that's very interesting. Um, and, and like I said, my mind thinks different than a lot of people's. But um, I've been to so many different places and lived so many different places. Um, you know, if you if you really sit down and think about it, we all live in the same type of place. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, let's think about this for a minute. So if we leave uh, Huntsville, Alabama and say, hey, let's go up to um, to Nashville for the weekend, whatever. Well, we go up there and we find a restaurant and we go to the mall. Well, do we not have restaurants and malls here in in Huntsville and Decatur and all that? Well, well, let's don't bring in Decatur, but no, (laughs) we have a very nice retirement home walking facility. That's what we have with a movie theater and a bath and body works. Plenty of of Mexican restaurants. Yeah. And churches. Um, But, uh, you know, it's, it's, we we're becoming the same cookie cutter. So in, in my home inspections, um, I live near Hartle and and I travel an hour and a half in any direction from my house to do home inspections. And um it's it's weird because everywhere I go if they're building a new restaurant or a, a new whatever, they've already got one of those 30 miles away. So everybody <laughs> yeah. has the same thing. Same thing. Yep. But um and it, that's what's franchised. Yeah. That's yeah. what the same thing is what's franchised. It, it's crazy. Um, you know, we was traveling, uh, yesterday at the ball fields and, and I told my wife, we were actually in Haleville and I told her, I said, dear God, I said, this town's got to have a Jack's. I'm like, what little town does not have a Jack's? Or a dollar general. I was like, dollar, dollar general. general. Yeah. Five dollar generals. <laughs> yeah. You can be at the one dollar general and throw a rock to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first time I ever met her was actually in Sunday school and, um, I stuck my head in the doors. It was my dad was pastor. It was his first day there, and I'd never been to that church. And walked in the Sunday school room, and, and there was a bunch of teenagers, you know, my age. And she the uh, deacon's kid that you were hanging out no, with? No, no, she just she just went to church there. But um, <laughs> the uh, she was sitting over there, and um, of course, now her story will differ from mine. But naturally, and hers yeah. is probably true. I was going to say, which one is the truth? We want the truth. No, hers hers will differ from mine. But she was sitting by her good friend, and uh, when I walked in the Sunday school room, I saw her lean over and and say something to her friend. Um, and that's where the story differs. She says she said something else, but that guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I heard her say was, mm, "I got to get some of that." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> At I mean, 15, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm uh, the, your, yours is probably the truth. It was the yeah. truth, yeah. man. It Look at his truth. muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he wore a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, good Lord, man. <laughs> the, um, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> you didn't mess me up there. So, so meeting, meeting Tammy. And yeah, she whispered so, to her friend. Yeah, so I met her and, um, uh, we hit it off, and and the rest is history, you know. But, um, so what what impact did you, you know, how did how did all of that impact you to where you are now, you know, the being able to find you know weed out through the fake, being able to weed out through the unreal, how did that how did that impact you? What what's that what what did, like from everything that you went through, and you can tell us more about what you went through yeah. if you want to. What's that one thing that just stuck out and said, boom, this is it. Once you establish who who you are, what you did, I think you know. the positive that I took away from my upbringing is, um, I can le- literally walk into a room of a hundred people, and uh, I'll know half of them by the time I leave. Yep. And um, I was about to say, yeah. on on the lines of that part, it helped you meet people oh, yeah. very easily. Absolutely, 
It, yeah. It's just crazy. I, and I'm, and I see people all the time and, and they'll come up to me and they're like, Hey man, you remember me? And I'm and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, no, they're like, yeah, you remember you stood there and talked to us. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And I don't really remember it, but I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But, um, that's one of the positive things about it. Man. I <laughs> yeah. Mean, how's yeah. your mama now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh Lord. So you and I both went through an ordination process. We did. I know I dropped out. I don't know. Did you finish it? I finished it. Did you yeah. finish it? Yeah. I didn't use it. <laughs> I got out of it uh, yeah. um, for obvious reasons. You yeah. know, I don't have to go into today, but I did. I did. I was going and going through that, and uh, you know, I, that was a time where I thought that I needed to. I thought I had to. Let me go back to that. You know what, though? Let me let me tell you something. Um, uh, you and I both signed up for that for a particular reason. Mm-hmm. What did you sign up for? Ordination. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's a, a, the, pastoral it's, yeah, it's a certification to be a pastor. Gotcha. But um, we signed up for it for a certain reason. Uh, but looking back, you would not believe, and I'm sure you're the same, you would not believe how many times I've recalled on the information that I learned during that. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't, at the time, I didn't really care anything about studying systematic theology. Right. But, but now, even to this day, you know, I, I watch uh, YouTube sermons and, and, and different things and hear different people talk. And, and I have the foundation of that, you know, systematic theology. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Even growing up in church, I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, when I came here today, I brought in a stack of books I found at the house last night. Yeah. And half of them are from that process. Yeah. Uh, that God's armor bearer and uh, oh, emotionally, you. spiritually healthy, or mm-hmm. there was a handful of them in there. Um, yeah. You know, I used to have a problem with systematic theology because that just sounds yeah. like a, something I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> but systematic, systematic theology. But you're right. There was a lot of um, that. I use a lot of that, dude. I reflect on a lot of things that came from that time. Let me tell you something that's really scary. Um, it, um, when you ask the Lord to, you know, the Bible, there's a Bible right here. Um, the Bible is the living word. Correct. And, and it is, um, it's the only book that will speak to you and speak to you something different on a daily basis. If you ever ask the Lord, say, Lord, uh, show me, show me what you need to show me today. Explain to me. And, and, it, and he explains it to you through every situation in this book. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to me how you can take a um, two or three sentences from a verse, and and how it would have meant something different two or three years ago. Right. You you read it today, and it'll just it'll bring you to tears because yeah. you're like, wow, I, yeah. I I read that totally different two or three years ago. Yeah, and that's the growth aspect. Oh, of it. it's amazing. You know, that's where when Paul tells us, you know, when you were a child, you ate like a child. Yeah. Yep. You know, you ate baby food basically. Yep. But as you mature and grow, you eat more substantive food. Yeah. You know, you graduate to steak because who wants to put steak in a blender and drink it out of a bottle? Yeah. Nobody. Nope. <laughs> but I look at a lot of that information, and that, I think that's one of the coolest things, man. Like, obviously, I got a relationship with you out of it. I got a relationship with a, a lot of different people out of it. You and Jason Such, yep. um, you know, stem from that time of my life mm-hmm. um, that I'm very thankful for. Um, solid guy, solid dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, solid, but th- the process to getting to know God. And I think where I'm going with this, with the, the little bit of the story that we've had from you, some of us had to take the long way around yeah, to get, to get back to God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Amen. We, we've all, we've all been hurt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some, some are hurt on deeper levels. Some are hurt on other levels, you know? But I remember something my grandfather said. It was whether you break your arm in a car wreck or break your arm playing football, pain is pain. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you came to that pain. Do you ever remember the first time you got hurt with church? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's with me all the time. Yeah. I just I'm, look at it differently now. I was about nine years old. I don't even know if my parents know this. I was about nine years old, and um, I used to sit, uh, I think, like the first Wednesday night of every month. They would have a pastor and board or deacons meeting or whatever you know and um i was sitting and i would i would stay at the church with my dad and ride home with him or sometimes we lived in a parsonage and we'd just walk back home but um 
I remember one night sitting in his desk chair in the pastor's office and, and he had a big old leather chair and I was just swinging around, you know, just putting my feet up on the desk, just coloring and stuff. And, um, I remember right before I walked into that office, there was a gentleman and, um, he knelt down to me and, and gave me a handful of, uh, bubble gum and peppermints and patted me on the head and was talking all nice, you know, and all that. And, um, then 10 minutes later, they go into this conference room right next to my dad's office and they're having a church meeting. And I hear that same guy that was nice to me. I hear him yelling at my dad saying, y'all are fixing to pack y'all shit up and get out of here. You're fixing to be fired. You know, and all that. Yep. that was the first experience that I had with a uh, negative of church. And, you know, and I sat there in that chair that night and I was thinking, this is the same guy that just was so nice to me, and he's in there being a jerk to my family. Right. You know? And, and I'll tell you something that a lot of people, I'm, I'm very compassionate when it comes to pastors and pastors' families because um, it's very easy for the church congregation to try to run the show yes. and try to um, have an iron fist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, but at the end of the day, what they don't understand is if if the pastor moves, that affects his whole family. That they're they're, right. they're losing their house, they're losing where they go to school, they're losing their friends. If they pack up and have to leave, well, all of the the people at the church, they still get to get up Monday morning in their own house, correct, and go to their job and be with their friends, correct. and you know so. That's that's one of the things that I've I've kind of grown compassionate towards is yeah and I mean I think that's the that's the crazy thing when it comes to seasons you know yeah. what I mean and I've heard that I've heard that label put on that so many times well his season was just over at this yeah. church yeah. or his season was just over at this organization and a lot of times when you get down to the brass tacks of it all it has not a damn thing to do with season yeah. it has to do with politics mm-hmm. oh yeah and the politics of it is what ends up messing it up anyway. Yep. But nobody takes into consideration. I've never thought about that till you just said that. Nobody takes into consideration those children. That, mm-hmm. You know, let's forget the dad, forget the pastor, forget the mom, mm-hmm. forget the aunts and uncles, the deacon, forget everybody else. Those children that are associated are directly tied not only to the church or organization or establishment. They're directly tied to the pastor who happens to be their father. Yeah. Right. So now, dad has lost his job. We have to move because we live in the parsonage, Yep. you know, and so I have to pack all my stuff and leave. And then I have to go to a new school, presumably, because let's face it, let's just be transparent and real. If you run out of one in one town, you're probably not going back to that town. That's right. Why would they, you know, why would you hire somebody that's been let go from somebody across town? You know, if you're known for running Applebee's in the ground, Chili's probably ain't going to hire you to run in front of the house. Right. You know, and so there's a trickle effect that comes with that. And when you know any way you slice it, dude, any way you slice it, it's politics. That was it comes down to politics. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what ruined it for me, you know, all the way up through my adult life was the politics associated to it. I tell a story. I don't um, I don't agree with adultery. I don't agree with cheating on your spouse. You know, I, I, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I followed a particular guy in Houston, Texas. His name was Jeremy Foster. Yeah. Jeremy Foster made a larger impact in my life than he will ever know than he'll ever know i followed him on podcast and youtube and things for years and years and years because he was one of those guys that would quote dr dre and then quote scripture yeah i mean he was just this is it he was let go from his church because he had an affair with somebody outside the church Mm -hmm. you know not saying i agree with it i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying the people who let him go if they had been held to the same standard that he was, would they still be in a position to make that choice? Yeah. You know, what sin was committed to where they, it's overlooked there, but because this man, and, his, and if you get into his, his story of his life, I think it was like the first three years of him and his wife's marriage, they lived separ- separated for two years mm. because they had issues. They lived across town. They didn't live in the same house. Mm-hmm. So there was a rockiness there anyway. So then they come back and try to make it work, you know, and then it ends up falling apart. To me, how many people do you pass day in and day out that can have that same story? Right. You know what I mean? Now, I do think we are, that's where it gets dicey, dude. You know, are you called to be at a different level? Yes, I I think you are. 
but you're still human. You know what I mean? Yep. And I say that to say this because that's what happened to my dad. That's why my dad lost his last church. Yep. They didn't see the shit life, the shit home life that we had. Mm-hmm. And a man who, my dad's just a man, dude. He was just a man. But he didn't have a relationship. Yep. So he fell into something that he shouldn't have fell in, fallen into. Yep. There was no physical action, but there was, I think they called it a pass. There was a pass made. Yeah, and that was well, the, that was the foundation of hey, this is ending. Well, that de- that dude that derailed my life. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't blame it. anything for it, but I mean that's a yeah, it derailed my life, and I don't understand how the mercy and grace comes in when you know like your story with that guy and they're young. That's your dad. Where's the mercy and the grace in that? You know, he's talking about um, the guy that you followed that was a pastor. I, I took you more for a. Um, uh, What's the guy, the smiley guy out of Texas? <laughs> smiley guy. He blinks too much. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Everything. It's like this. I thought you was going to say you followed him. I was like, oh. No. Joel Osteen. I was going to say, you're talking about Joel Osteen? Yeah. Joel Osteen. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I went through a Jesse Duplantis stage, but. Yeah, you know, did too. I, I think of all the 90s guys, Jesse Duplantis is the one I can relate with the most. I still don't get down with Copeland. Have you been watching the, um, and this guy actually got. From what I understand, he got kicked out of his church a few years ago. But um, uh, Mark Driscoll, uh-uh. oh man, it, it watching his sermons from five years ago when he was at a established church to his sermons now to the church that he opened, it, it's amazing. Um, so I mean, you just said something. How do you? Let's talk about that for a second. How do you get kicked out of a church? How? Hmm. How do you get kicked out of a church? It's all politics. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, it, it, that's why people don't want it. Exactly. You know, that's why people don't want to go. That's why the, the new mainstream churches have such a good rapport with the people until they get into the, because there's politics there too. Mm-hmm. Once you get so deep, I think that was, that's the difference. You know, you and I got very, very deep yep. into something yep. and I've come to learn that it's everywhere everywhere it's everywhere it doesn't it doesn't matter so now i don't point fingers and go these people it's across the board but you know the the new mainstream church i mean everybody goes in it's loud it's light it's fun it's this it's it's moving it's it's service oriented it's in the it's in the community it's all this at what you know how do you get kicked out of that how you know where at what point do you stop the politics and go look politics is what crucified jesus yeah Hmm. That's what took him out of this world was politics. Yeah. So how do you get away from that? I don't think I don't think you can. No, it's I mean it's just part of fallen creation. I mean you're always going to have that. You know I tell you something else though, um, and this is in every business, and uh, and church is a business too. But uh, oh, well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but if you take um, all right, let's take uh, barbershops or home inspections. Um, my barber instructor years ago, he told me, he said, let me tell you something. He said, I don't care how good you are, how good of haircuts you give, how great of a business you have. At some point in your future of this business, somebody bigger, better, and prettier and younger That's is right. going to come to town. Yep. Um, it's just the facts of life. Same with Same with home inspections. It doesn't matter how busy I am, how good that I think that I am, how many clients, how many realtor friends I've got. At some point, somebody's going to come in and open up a new, a new establishment, and it's going to take some of my business. Yep. And you know what? But that's just part of progressing. That's just, um, that's just part of life. Yeah. So. Um, and you know, I've I've got to the point now to where I've been this way for a few years that. I said it in one of the other episodes. I'm so glad about the networking capabilities that I've been able to make because I've been a part of so many different organizations that if I run into somebody and I go, man, they're going to click really well with these people. Yeah. You know, or they're going to click really well with this organization on this side of town. Or like Harold Coomer that's right down the road here. Yeah, great. I've known Harold forever and a decade, and he runs that evangelism. You know, they feed it. So if I run into somebody that can use a a leg up, hey, man, this is where you need to go. You need to go right down here on 4th Avenue. And go see Harold. And a lot of people don't know this, but a couple of doors down from him is a print company owned by a gentleman named Leroy. And they're in they're in cahoots. I don't know if they do anymore, but Leroy used to give jobs to people. Oh. Leroy Heron that, that needed something. And so you got this little stretch of people, you know, and I say that to say this, that if I run across somebody that's got a, like a big addiction thing, I send them to my dad. 
Yeah. You know, or I send them to Kevin free. Yeah. Instead of looking at it going, oh, hell, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, I think that that doctrinal label of it all and the politics, that's where it gets messy. But if we ever took a step back and just go, look, we're just all here to help people, you know, come to understand the loving nature of Jesus Christ and the mercy and grace you know, through that message. You know, um, of course, the the older I get, the um, and of course, daily, I, I pray for wisdom and, and knowledge and stuff. But um, the older I get, the more I have found out that I have had closer encounters with God sitting on a riverbank or sitting in a duck blind yes, or, um, or, or honestly riding in my truck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love going to church. I, we go to church all the time and, you know, I'm not going to change that, but, um, the experiences that I've had on my own versus sitting in a pew the experiences outside the church has been more real, has been more one-on-one mm-hmm. than anything I've ever experienced in the, the church itself. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been a part of those movements, you know, yeah, in a church, but also too, this was one of my faults that I had is emotionally charging. I had somebody, it was actually an unsuspecting person that taught me that years ago. Um, anytime that you emotionally charge something, mm-hmm. it's not genuine. So if I go in to speak to a room of people, like I spoke um, at Shag Nasty's, if I go in to that discussion and I'm going to go in and pour everything that I have in it and I'm going to invest that emotion in it to provoke a reaction from those people, that's emotionally charging. Yeah. You know, it's like a, uh, I told, I told uh, Jeremy Braswell, as a matter of fact, I said, dude, I've been to a Leonard Skinner concert and I've been to church on Sunday morning and had the same feeling when yeah. the guitar leg hits. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, that's because it's emotionally charged. So I'll, I'll tell you something that, um, this just happened within this last year, but, um, a lot of the churches now they're, they're doing multiple services and they have to, uh, they have to keep it on schedule. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get that. I a hundred percent agree. Just like me, I have to keep a schedule every day. But, right. um, several months ago we was at a church uh, where we go and, and love our church. But, um, the spirit of God was so strong. I mean, it was like, it was almost as if there was a fog in there. I mean, it was so intense. You could like everybody in there had chill bumps. It was, God was present. And, um, we were just flowing and everything was going good and like everybody had their hands raised eyes closed all stuff and all of a sudden in the middle of the song you hear well it's good to have y'all here today um we would like to like to say thank you to all of our first time guests raise your hand and and i'm literally i sit down and i'm thinking you just ruined it. You just quenched the yeah. ever-living God's spirit in this room uh-huh. because you had to keep a schedule. Uh-huh. That I think that's one of the things that aggravates me the, bo- the most. Um, if if he's present, man, you shut up. Yeah, you stop. Y- yeah. Y- your schedule's not more important than him. Right. Why, why uh-huh. are we... He doesn't work around our schedule. Yeah. But you got some Carl or Karen somewhere uh, tapping their watch, yep. sitting right. in the same spot yep. they sit every week. Yep. Going, yeah. Hey, hey, we're we. I gotta used to be. I gotta get to Quincy's. I was, I was I gotta say, get to Quincy's or, or Libby's. Just get there. You gotta go. You gotta get to Libby's or yeah. you know somewhere like that. Yeah. Well, what it was, it was thirty seconds away from um, saying hello to. Uh, we like to welcome all the other campuses. They're live with us. Yeah. This morning. And I'm like, oh dear God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, hey, throw up a technical difficulty. Yeah. Sign. You know. Beep. Kind of like we had earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An hour worth of technical difficulties. You know, and I think that's the, that's why, you know, we do what we do here. Um, I, I think I said it before. I got tired of people telling me you can't do that. Yeah. You can't talk about God that way. You can't, you can't do those things. Let me you can't tell you bring something. that to light. I was like, man, it ain't for everybody. Right. It's for anybody and it's not mm-hmm. for somebody. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Um, I think God puts you in every place for that time. Absolutely. Um, just kind of like we was talking about earlier, a season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. There's seasons. There's se- there were seasons in my life. I was a car dealer. There were seasons in my life. I was a barber. Now I'm in the home inspection season. I don't know what's next. It, you know, right. I'm, I'm open to whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, there's 
every season that I've had, I have taken something special away from it. Yes, dude, absolutely. Um, and you know, there was there was things from my childhood in church that I still, it's still part of my foundation today. Um, you know, there's things that I learned growing up that you know I revert back to all the time, the positive things. Um, so I, I don't take anywhere that I've been, any friend that I've had, any job that I've had, I don't take any of it for granted because I know it was, it was placed in my life at that time. Right. Um, now I, I'm the type of person I always like to be growing. I always like to be moving forward. Um, just like we was talking about business a minute ago, you know, um, man, I, I could write a book on like all the, um, business ideas that I've had. I like, I literally could, if if there was like two of me, I could I could have like so, ten businesses. Real quick, I got a question. Yeah. yeah, of everything that you've been successful with, with that, how many failures have you had? For every success, how many failures are? There? I have I have started. Um, one, two, three, four. I believe six businesses. First of all, let me just say this. Um, I've never worked other than a part-time after-school job for about eight months in high school. I've never worked for anybody. I've always had my, I've always, you know. That's it's, awesome. It's it's one of those things where um, I've always lived by the rule of, hey, it's 6 a.m., you better get up and get out there and make some money. It, yeah. It's, if not, you're not going to eat. Right. Um, and I've had good, I've had good times where I'm like, daggum, I got that, I got what in the bank? That's awesome. And then I've had times where I'm like, Holy crap! What are we gonna do? <laughs> Same you thing. Know? Just you say, "Oh God, yeah, I got that in the bank." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same sentence. You just use a different, <laughs> different tone. different context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So I mean, where was I going with that? How many businesses? Oh, uh, yeah. You've had, had, you've had six. So I've had like six businesses, and out of out of all like six of them, I only had one that I closed down intentionally. And, um, that was, that was due to the guy that I had hired to run that business while I was operating my other businesses. And, um, it just didn't work out. He's a good guy, but it just, it didn't work out. Gotcha. And, um, the reason I asked that is cause that's something he and I, um, talk about a lot and something I try to pass along to people like, you know, billionaires have had so many bankruptcies. It's oh, funny. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. you gotta fail. Yeah. At before you got to fail at something to get better. You know, otherwise right. you don't learn. I was going to say, you're going to, you know, with failure comes learning. Yeah. You got to have that wisdom yeah. through there. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. I've never filed bankruptcy, but I have walked away from, um, 200 plus thousand dollar a year jobs to start a brand new sc from scratch company. Yeah. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just, you, you know, here's the thing. And I think a lot of that, and and the um, the the guts behind that would not have been achieved if I had not have had the upbringing of picking up and leaving and starting new thing and going to different because because of that you know and I, and I tell my wife all the time um, I'm like hey <laughs> don't mess with me I said we'll shut everything down we'll move to wherever you want to move we'll start over yep. mm -hmm. you know but my wife is one of the people that. When I met her, she she had grown up in that house, you know. Her yeah. family had lived there forever. She had never she had never lived anywhere other than two miles from where she was when I met her. Yeah, and um, it, there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. But she she had to be trained in the fact that hey, it's okay to move. Right. You you don't have to be a half a mile from Granny. Yeah. Right. Um, matter of fact. Sometimes it's better if you're not a half a mile from granny. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to take those risks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, and yeah. then that's one thing, dude, like I look back and, you know, I, I told a story. Um, I had a 91 Honda Accord one time. Not, did you have a big park bench? No, on the no, bench? this was actually passed down. <laughs> did you have it, NOS stickers on it? No, no, this was straight. <laughs> it was straight stock, straight, straight factory. It didn't even have Winneton on it, dude. Oh, it was just, man. it was my grandmother. So a guy gave it to my dad. My dad gave it to my grandmother. Yeah. My grandmother got another car. They gave me this one because I didn't have a car. It was a piece of junk is what it was. Yeah. Um, but at the time I didn't have brakes, so I would drive it by pulling the e-brake. That's how I would stop. Nice. You know what I mean? Um, I was living in a camper. 
um, at the campgrounds. And I Down by have, the river? Uh, it was at Point Mallory. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I say that to say this. I've lost everything in my life twice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everything. Uh, the last time around, I moved everything I own on a 16-foot trailer, and it wasn't even filled up. So with that, growing up the way that I grew up, going up to things that I did, all of the ins and outs, my mom going to prison, my dad being, all this stuff, it built something in me to where, don't tell me that I can't because I can. Yeah. You know, and as I got older, it's gotten to be more positive. Don't tell me it can't because yeah. I can. Um, that's the only way I know how to operate. And I think it's that old, I don't want to say old school stuff, but... It's that old school stuff that we grew up in. Like, if you want it, you got to go get it. Yeah. You know, if I if I don't go work three jobs, right. there was a time in my life, if I don't go work three jobs, my family's not going to eat. Yeah. Like, I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it never really bothered me. I just go up, get up and do it. You know, it's because that's instilled. Yeah. You know, from such a young age. Let me let me shed a little light on and And this applies to everybody, not just your story, but... Um, I tell people this all the time too. Uh, I had a guy call me not too long ago, and he's actually a home inspector, and um, we're friends on Facebook and everything. And he called me and he said, "Hey man, you got a minute to talk?" I said, "Yeah, what's up? I'm driving down the road." He said, "Look," he said, "He said I've been uh, I've been stalking you on Facebook." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> he said, uh, "Block." <laughs> he, he said, "I'm doing two home inspections a week." He said, you're doing three a day, six days a week. Yeah. I said, yeah. He said, how in the hell are you doing this? And I asked him, I said, um, do you go to church? He said, yeah, I go to church every week, man. And I said, you love the Lord, living right and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, well, I'm human, you know, I drink cold beer. I said, you're not drinking Bud Light, are you? <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, no, I ain't drinking Bud Light. Yeah. I said, okay. Um, you're going to heaven then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I asked him, I said, um, I said, well, look. I said, hey, man, I said, I, I would love for it. I'd love to hang out with you. And you could spend the day with me or whatever. I said, but um, I can I can give you the answer over the phone right now if you want it. And uh, he said, what? And I said, yeah, I can give you the answer right now. I said, um, are you paying your tithes? Yep. He said, well, yeah, I give to the church. I said, no, you didn't answer me. I said, are you paying your tithes? And um, he said, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I give a little bit. I said, and I'm not going to say his name. He's a good guy, but... I said, look, listen, man, I said, here's what I want you to do. Spend the next 30 days. Every time you every time you uh, do a home inspection, take 10 percent off of it and give it to the church. And um, I said, in 30 days, if that hasn't worked for you, I said, now, listen, I'm not going don't go out it as an as a as a way of saying, um, God, I'm giving you this, so I'll, I'll do better. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a slot machine. Yeah. You give it in the in the sense of, Lord, I thank you for giving me the ability right. and and the knowledge and the breath to do this, and in my way of saying thank you for for allowing me to breathe today yeah. and and crawl on this roof, um, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving this because this is yours first, right? I'm exactly. Right. And um, so I said, and in 30 days, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, um, I don't I don't know how much you're gonna give to your church. I said, but call me in 30 days. If you've given X amount or X amount, whatever you give, if if you haven't increased, not just financially, but but spiritually and emotionally and, and business-wise, I said, I'll cut you a check for what you gave that church. Yeah. And he's like, what? Yeah. I, said, I said, yeah, I'll do that. You told me the same thing about two years ago. Yeah. Sitting in my garage. Yeah. And, um, you know, like six, six, <laughs> six, or, six or eight weeks later, he, he called me and he's like, Hey, I just want you to know that um, I, I did what you said. And he said, he said, I did it for the right reasons. I didn't do it to, to gain wealth. He said, I did it because I wanted to love the Lord and, yeah. and express my love to him. And um, he said, I just want you to know, he said, uh, there will never be a week that goes by that I don't do that. Yeah. yeah I think that's yeah. very important. I went you through, know, I went through a phase. Um, I still go through it at times, but um, because I didn't want to do that. You know, it wasn't that I was trying to hoard the money. It was that I didn't want the church to go buy water bottles and put their label on it <laughs> with their logo on it. You know, I didn't want them to spend my money on something stupid. Right. So I would, but I bit the bullet after a conversation with you. And uh, I started tithing in, in various ways and I would pray over it 
and I would go, <laughs> you ever seen uh, uh, Bruce Almighty? Yeah. And he's like, smite me, almighty smiter. <laughs> I, like, I would have those prayers like, God, if anybody uses this for some bullshit, <laughs> smite them. <laughs> but it's but it's true because that's what you told me. You said, Casey, at the end of the month, if you're missing that money, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You call me and I'll pay you back. And two years later. Yeah. Never ask you. Oh, look where you're at now. I've never asked you for a dime. Yeah. You know, I never had to get that paid back. I left my, I left my checkbook at home, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you just stroke it out. Remember, it's Christopher with a K. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, and it's one of those things where if anybody had a, a reason not to do it, it's me, you know, because I've been hurt by church. You know what? And here's another thing. I, I tell people this all the time, and I'm sure my wife probably gets tired of me saying this, but if you look at life in general, and in your walk with God, there's only two types of people on this earth. Literally, two types of people. You're either in the blessing or you're not. Yep, very there, true. There is no middle ground. Yeah. You know, the Bible says if, if you're lukewarm and spit you out, that's that middle ground. Mm -hmm. You're either in the blessing or you're not. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Life in general is freaking hard enough yeah. Not to not know him. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. living your life and trying to go through the day-to-day -day process and not know Him? Man, I've 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 been I've been there. Yeah, and it it was actually you know part of my story. So I won't go far into that. But but yeah, like and I grew up in church, knew you know knew God, but I cast God to the side mm -hmm. and decided I don't want to walk with you anymore, God. I want to do life on my own. And exactly what you said, like life's hard enough without God. And I, you know, I experienced that as an adult just by pushing him away. You know, I can't imagine like not seeing my kids every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I've had to get used to that over the years because of being divorced, you know, like Zeppelin right now, she's gone a week at a time. Well, I miss that heifer while she's gone. For a week. <laughs> Shout but out I, to Zeppelin. I find, <laughs> I find myself the same thing with God though, with that relationship. If I wake up and I'm running late, and I kick out some stuff, and I don't have those few moments in the morning. My day's typically not yeah. like it is when everything's in a line. Yeah, and it sounds so crazy, and people go, "Oh, well, that's just religion jargon." Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, if it's painted in the wrong light, it is religion yeah. jargon. And I want to, I want to, since we brought Zeppelin up, and I know God brought us closer together just through all this for a reason, and a, I don't want to say a part of that is because of Zeppelin, you know, for Zeppelin, but I, I love Zeppelin to death. Yeah. And man, I know I told you I seen her in Target not too long ago. Yeah. And I kid you not, Casey. I, you know, you walk into Target, I turn the corner, and you're back there by the electronics. She's almost at the other end. Yeah. And I just yell, you know how I am. I was like, "Hey, girl!" Yeah. And she turned around and she just screamed, yeah. "Uncle Lance!" Yeah. It did, bro. It just took off running to me, but it melted my heart. And yeah. I was like, I love you so much, kid. And see, that's the thing, and, I, and I'll, I'll cut this out because it doesn't belong there. But her life has been destroyed yeah. over the last two years. Right. I mean, completely fucking destroyed. Her sister died. Her grandpa died. Her, mm -hmm. her brother is a raging, um, I don't know what his boyfriend-girlfriend is. And her mom can't have a steady um, boyfriend. There's Everybody in her life has been cut out. So... The the reason it is like that is, and the reason God's put all that stuff together is the stability for her. Mm -hmm. Because outside of my myself and Hayden and her mother, she has no extended family yeah. because it's ever changing on her mom's side. Right. So she has to have that. You know, she's got. We have to have those foundational truths in our life to bring us together in order for us to ever kill out evenly. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it just. It, it has to. But yeah. I say that to say, like, man, I love her so much, and I'm so glad that God's, like, brought us closer together oh. so I can be in her life, too. Yeah. Because it, like, it really does. It, like, it brings a tear to my eye, dude. Her, like, it really does. Her daddy's abused himself all the years, <laughs> so you might be all she's got yeah. at some point. <laughs> you know, that time I saw her at, at Walmart, I yelled at her, and she started running away screaming, Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger, yeah. <laughs> the sucker <laughs> i don't want the jolly rancher <laughs> no see that slender man yeah, yeah. <laughs> the slender man over here yeah. you know talking about um uh that lifestyle um and you can cut this out i don't care but talking about that lifestyle for your for your ex-wife or whatever um anytime there is um discourse and frustration 
And um, what I'm trying to say is God's not in that. Oh, yeah, no. If you look back over history, even from the beginning of time, if there's any type of frustration. It's not of God. Yeah, he's not in it. Right, he's not in it. Um, so You know, and that's the crazy thing, like, you know, keeping God in it. Yeah. It's just he's got such a bad negative connotation for so long, dude, and it's all man-made brouhaha. I was about to say, and that's all reason. man-made. So if, why would you not want to be a part of that? And people look and they go, oh, I'm not giving my church the money. Well, don't give it to the church. Yeah. Don't give it to the church. Take 20 bucks, pray over it, walk to a Walmart parking lot, open up a gas flap, throw that 20 in it, shut the gas flap, and go on about your business. Right. That's right. Take that and do it until you get to the point to where you are comfortable yep. paying into yeah. something that is going to benefit the community. But you have to take that action. People, well, I can't do that, man. It's my light bills due on Friday. I can't afford to give somebody fifty bucks. Do it. Don't out do of it. the goodness and of it, your heart. And it's so hard not to expect it back. Let's be transparent. Let's be yeah. real. To go, God, I got, I got two hundred dollars in the bank, and I got to give seventy five to so and so. I don't really know how it's going to work. Please give yeah. it back to me. <laughs> those are those are normal. That's a normal practice. But you know, there is a parallel shift inside that changes yeah. over time to where. Dude, it works. I don't know how to explain it. And for Casey Hughes to sit here and tell you that something like that works is crazy. Yeah. Because he ain't always been that way. You know, though, the word says that if you um, if you give and you brag about it. That's right. You'll receive. Your bragging will be your return. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you yep. give it with a with a whole heart yep. and and quietly, yep. your return will be from heaven. Yeah, it's uh, whoever uh, gives in secret is uh, receives in secret. I think it's Matthew six something. Yeah, somewhere it's right there in Matt six. Hmm. Yeah, you're right, dude. I mean, and that's and I and you find yourself, you know, you'll find yourself doing that more and more and more and more and more. You know, you'll you'll be standing somewhere and go, I think I'm gonna buy those people's dinner. You know, it's funny because I saw on Facebook. It's been several months ago, but somebody put on there. um, hey, there's a homeless person on Sixth Avenue. Um, they look like they need a lot of help. I stopped and gave them a hundred dollars from yeah. my heart. I, yeah. hate, I hate those posts, man. So, so here's the deal. I'm I'm reading this, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, congratulations, you just got your reward for that. Yeah, yeah. You could have had two hundred dollars. Yeah, you, <laughs> you could have had a heavenly yeah. reward, but instead, yeah. but that's all those people are looking for. Yeah, yeah. is is just that recognition. That's, oh, I gave this person a hundred dollars. That's why uh, last year we did uh, community kicks. We gave yeah. kids away, kids, shoes to kids, and Relentless Apparel Company gave some clothes. And I had a very, very, very hard time posting it on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, I, my brother Red, he he talked to me. He said, "Casey, he said this is how you have to look at it." He said, "Is this a ministry?" And I said, "Of sorts." He said, "But is it a ministry or a mission?" And I'm like, "Well, the hell, it's a mission." You know, I'm not taking credit for it, but if I ever want people to know about it, yeah. I have to get it out there. Right. So it's not, hey, look at us, look at these shoes we did. If there was a mental shift for me to go, hey, if you would like to help us right. clothe children, this is how you can do that. Right. It's not you like know? we posted, oh, we spent X amount of dollars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's I've told you before, and I think I've told other people, but I just want to point this out. You cut my hair for free for a year. Yeah. A full year. Did I not bill you for that? No, you didn't bill me for that. How <laughs> I many I text the office right now? <laughs> but the truth is, is you didn't know it, but your haircuts were eight bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And through that time, a lot of times I had $12. Yeah. You know, and I would feel like crap going into there. There was a, there was a shift in me. I felt like crap because I really didn't have the money to tip you. Yeah. And that sounds so crazy, dude. Like, no. I didn't have 10 bucks to get a haircut. You know, so, but I needed it. But for a year, you cut my hair for free. So it's funny because, um, and 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 I didn't do it, honest to God, I didn't do it because I felt sorry for you. I didn't. Yeah, the first I, time I told you, yeah. didn't even remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, so my my wife, um, I'll send a little shout out to her right now. You'd be surprised over the years how many times um, a single mom will come in with with a son or whatever, and. Um, you know, my wife would look at me, I'd look at her, and, and when they get done, it would be like, you don't owe us anything until you see you next month. Yeah. And uh, and you say it real quietly because you don't want to embarrass anybody. Right. But you would not believe over the course of almost 20 years come September, or, yeah, 19 years, um, 
people never remembered the time they paid you. They remembered the time that they came in and you looked at them, gave them a hug, and said, we love you, have a good week. That's right. right. Yep. Yeah, and that's what you would tell And that's you. how you leave an impact on you, people's lives. You would say, man, just catch me next time. Yeah. You know. Now, I mean, I go to this place. Up in, uh, <laughs> and Casey's thinking, how many next times? <laughs> I did, dude. But, I mean, it was one of those things like, let's face it, there's two things that make you feel great. That's a new, a, a good haircut and a trim and a new pair of shoes. Yeah. Oh, those man. are two feelings that you that you just can't get. So, Or a new watch. I'll throw a watch in there. Yes. Yeah. Or shoes. When you're, oh yeah, he said shoes. When you're, when you're in that, and you're able to have that, and you walk out of there, you know what I mean? Like I got a haircut. Damn, I'm somebody today. Yeah. You know, you don't forget that shit. Oh no, man! I posted, like, <laughs> I posted a video. I got, I have my new shoes, and there's a video I posted. It's like, not one person asked me if I could run faster in my new shoes today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, man, we've enjoyed the time with you today, dude. Um, Absolutely. Lance, you got some truth juice for us? Man, truth juice. Truth juice, truth juice, Mr. Relentless. You got <laughs> <laughs> we still do not have a jingle, Josh. <laughs> that may end up being the jingle. You know, that, uh, so far, it has been. So, yeah. so we're just going to roll with it. What you got for us? But yes, I do. And today, it's better to be a lonely lion than a popular sheep. And I, and I think that really goes hand in hand on your story. Like, you spent most of your childhood and teenage life being that lonely lion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lonely lion. Yeah, me too. You look like one. Well, you know, hey, that's how I live my <laughs> life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Trotter, thank you for being with us today. Yes, sir. Didn't you tell you the test said that you were a monkey? And all I that? was a monkey. What in the world was that? <laughs> I think that might have been Lance's phone. My phone. <laughs> all right. Be real, be you, and be salt. Hey, stay relentless, everybody. Love, Love you guys. Yeah. Braswell and Bishop Black. Yes, I lay here in my deathbed and my turn is too close. I need the comfort of my kin to light my way. Don't fret for my soul, please, because I found my inner peace. Won't you join me as I tarry on the riverside? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do when it's been at you? Hey, now what you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do?